welcome, welcome, welcome. I know it has been a minute and we thank you all for being patient with us as life just came along and had us doing other things. Unfortunately, we had some friends who had some losses along the way. And so we certainly continue to keep them lifted up in prayer um, through this process. If you notice, Vanetta is not with us today because unfortunately she's not feeling well, but thankfully she is taking care of herself and we will see her the next time we are together. So if you are out there, um, Vanetta, and listening later on, because I know she is resting right now, um, feel better and know that we are sending you well wishes um, for speedy recovery and look forward to having you back. We want to welcome everybody back who is with us again and thank you all again for being patient with us as we missed our last time together. Um, but today we are talking about, uh, um, I think rather uh, appropriately, when we are tattered and torn, but still fighting. Because I believe that is where we are certainly, um, tattered and torn, but still fighting. So if you have questions for us today, please feel free to share them with us in the comment box. If you have comments, we welcome your comments today as well. Um, but welcome to another episode of Weight of the Cape. Uh, and we are excited that this does not actually reflect our last episode as we originally <laughs> started out with only eight in mind, but we have actually had some additional ones. And we are very excited that we also have yet another episode that has reached 10,000 views. And so we also thank you all for continuing to share Way to the Cape with other people and friends. We hope that you all are also engaging in the questions that we share as well so that you all are cultivating your own spaces and how you all manage the weight of the cape that you may be carrying yourselves. And so with our traditional way of coming in, I like to just say welcome to everyone and then check in with my sister to see how everyone is doing. And we will start today with Malika. Malika, how are you? Pretty good. Honestly, I um, just finished a really large project with a client and it was amazing. I, you know, oftentimes you're not sure that you're going to learn something. But I learned quite a bit. I learned a lot about who is doing the good work organizing and getting the message out in community. They're not getting the news coverage. They're not at the top of my Facebook feed, but God knows who's at the top of my Facebook feed, but they are the people that are doing the real work. And so um, just wrapping that project, I felt inspired. I felt like we were gonna be okay because there are people whose names we don't know who are doing this work and they are extraordinary. Um, and so I feel good about that. I, I kind of sat quietly yesterday as much as I could possibly sit quietly and just tried to gather myself and, and uh, spend some time with my son and things like that. Um, but I feel good. I feel good. And I feel like I've, uh, I'm, I'm winning at Hair YouTube University. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm winning. You're looking fabulous, sister. You're looking yes, good. You are. <laughs> I still now I have your hair is growing too, Malika. It's growing yeah. quickly. Well, I think um I figured out how to let it like it's probably been this size length, but you oh. know, shrinkage. And I enjoy the shrinkage and I haven't really fought it. I I like the fuzzy, I like the kinky. I haven't really tried to fight the fuzzy or the kinky. I've encouraged it. So <laughs> this is another approach. Um like but you know, it'll look short next week because I'll push it down <laughs> again, enjoy it there. Um, well, but now I have to go to got Miss uh, Nima Tang and other folks to kind of learn how to do the face part. Oh, but uh, I'm learning. Thank okay. you, you too. Well, it looks good. It looks good. Well, we'll go to another lady with different hair this week, and that's Dolores, um, who's also learning things via, uh, I think, YouTube University. 
Oh yeah. Oh, oh how yeah. were you, sister? <laughs> I'm, I'm good this week, you know. I and it, it, it's a journey. I posted a picture. Like I, I go through so many changes with my hair, whether it is a wig or I did a roller set last week, you know. So like what what I'm feeling like today. But that's one of the things that I love about being black is that I get to have all of these experiences and experiments um, with my <laughs> hair. So, uh, but I'm I am good. It has been a good few weeks. So it's been like a month since we we gathered, but it's been a good few weeks. Um, I think work is, you know, and I think about physically, emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually. Physically, I am doing good. I got me a new um, exercise machine, the DB method, you know, it's going to tighten up the Loops. We're gonna call them loops in case my daddy joins in this morning. <laughs> but you know, so trying to live healthy and be healthy, um, especially after having had a health scare. Um, but um, which, when you have those kinds of moments, don't do do just make you appreciate and value every moment that much more. So I'm um, I'm good. Good. Hashtag what lesson did we learn about our health scare, Dolores, that we can share with our friends? Oh, Lord. Lord, is to, to pause and pay attention to your body and don't ignore things. Um, I'll share what happened is I was, I, I just treated something that was a major health condition. I treated it like an allergy. Um, and so um, when I went online with it, and, and in today's world with the, with the teledoc, um, the te doctors over the video, it's so much easier to pause and get some health care. And so I paused, I did go to teledoc and the, that, that doctor was like, no, 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 that is not an allergy, go, get to the ER. Um, and so it was just one of those pause and not diminish or dismiss things when they happen to our bodies. I think that's something that we all do, you know, oh, this is this little creek or crick or this little, that's, that's, I mean, what my arm, one of my left arm was swollen to the size of like a loaf of bread. And I was like, I'm gonna just take some Benadryl and rub some um, hydrocortisone on that. And turns out it was a blood clot for me, you know? So let's, you know, just the, the not dismissing things when they happen to our bodies, take them seriously, listen to them and take the time. You know, and so I ended up just saying, you know what, I'm taking the day off. This is important. And so um, it's been a little more intentional about everything I do with my body, to my body, for my body. Um, and the other lessons, ladies and gentlemen, I'll look straight into the camera and share with you all that she also forgot was to also let your girlfriends know when you have right. these things so that we can also be abreast of what's going on with you and can make sure that you're taking care of yourself. So just in case she also uh, does not have that lesson. We just wanted to share that one with you all. I, forget, well. I knew that was the, lesson, the lesson. lesson I was supposed to have learned. <laughs> right. I mean, I'm like shocked and embarrassed. I was like, why didn't I know? What did I miss a text? What did didn't I tell no. no. Stephanie? Oh, God. Girl, all right. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I will not complain, you know. Won't spend a lot of time going into detail, but, you know. Joy is abounding. It is Steftober. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is my birthday month. Everybody here knows that I celebrate all month. That's right. So I walk into Steftober always filled with joy. Yes. And wonder. And I can't wait. I'm wondering what joyful things will happen to me this month. <laughs> all right. I love it. 
All right. Well, <laughs> I am I am actually doing pretty well as well. This has been a busy few weeks because I did realize, wow, when you said that, Dolores, how long we have missed our time together doing this. But um, it's been good. I had some phenomenal opportunities to have some conversations uh, with people around this equity work and why it's important. I had a couple more invites to be a speaker and sharing um, just my experience or my what people believe is my expertise in this area. So it has actually been good. And, you know, ladies and gentlemen, when we started many episodes ago now, my goal was a cat eye and boom. Uh, and so, you know, all things great and small are, <laughs> uh, worth celebrating. are happening. Did are you happening. learn that at YouTube University? Where'd you learn? No, you know what? I just continue to practice a little bit. Um, and as you get older, ladies, some of you all may also be experiencing a folded eye. And I learned that when you create a cat eye for a folded eye, you have to draw the line different because otherwise it goes into the crease of your eye. So it looks unnatural when you draw it on, but it actually works when the rest of the world is looking at your face. So you know, these are, again, we, we set out to tell you that some things you would learn from us would be phenomenal. Other things could be possibly news you cannot use and we are okay with that. So, right. so when you said that, Tara, I was like, I need to look at my eye. Like, then I said, yes. okay, people are watching this. I have to. Have yes. To but the, the other thing I learned is from our other sisters who are of the Asian uh, groups, um, they also have, I, that's where I started thinking about, let me look, because they naturally, many of them, based on the, the way that their eyes are shaped, typically have a folded eye. So it was also learning from another cultural perspective as well. How do you get this look when you have a folded eye? So I am grateful to our Asian sisters for having, you know, another approach to this thing. It is still isn't perfect. So from this angle, it looks good, but don't, you know, I won't zoom in and I certainly won't be doing YouTube videos because people probably be right near like, ma'am, you need a tutor. You don't need to be provided. <laughs> but I'm going to jump us in today, ladies. Um, today's topic is actually, as I said, talking about being tattered and torn, but still fighting. And I wanted to ask, as the first question for us is kind of when do you feel you may have lost yourself along the way as we are tattered and torn? Thank you so much, Malika. So we will uh, have the questions up for just a couple of seconds and then we'll jump back so you all can have the opportunity to see people's responses to them. So again, what do you feel you may have lost about yourself along this journey at, um, as we think about this? And so we'll start with Stephanie. Anything about yourself you feel like you've lost along the way? In life, in general, um, I've, I've lost things both good and bad. Mm. Um, I think that we all, as we grow older, we lose that innocence and that naivete that says that who, like, who I like likes me. Um, everybody views the world the way that I do or that I've been taught to. Mm. Um, you know, you, you become, as you grow older and you interact and intersect with more people, um, like and unlike you, you know, depending upon uh, your perspective, you become a little bit jaded. So I think that I've, I, you know, I've lost some naivete along the way, and I'm starting from birth and moving on through, you know, today. Um, but I've also gained um, this this independence, this self reliance, this strength that says, 
that whatever's gone on, you've always gotten through somehow. You know, you've been endowed and blessed by God with every gift, blessing, talent, and tool that you need to endure practically anything. And you have, no matter how far, how deep in the valley, you always somehow, you know, rise back above. So, you know, losing a little bit of innocence and, and, and naivete, but gaining a whole lot more. Um, that's just my perspective in, in life. We're, we're never... We never, we should never remain the same. So I, I'm not, I'm not viewing that question as something negative. Mm -hmm. um, what I lost wasn't mine in the first place. Oh, that's mm. something. I think about it like I, the the phrase that came to mind is "What doesn't kill you makes you stronger." Um, with that question, Tara, it's the uh, mm -hmm. And I think that that's a bit of what, what you're saying, um, Stephanie. So I, I think I've learned so much along the way. So the lessons I've gotten, I've gained and the, the, uh, the, the becoming who I am this moment is a product of all of those things that should have been moments that would have broken me, should have been moments that had, were taken from me or stolen from me. But what I got out of those moments, those moments of brokenness, those moments of hurt actually made me better. You know, and I said in a conversation a few weeks ago, maybe a couple months ago, you know, time is blurred in this time of Corona, but I was talking with a group of women here in California. And I said, I look back on my life and I am so impressed with myself. You know, I, I get impressed sometimes like, look at me, you know, and, I, and it's not about being boastful. It's also, it's about being grateful for the journey that I've had and where that journey has brought me to this moment. You know, the things that I look at, I'm a, I'm a little girl from the Bayou, little girl from Baldwin, Louisiana, right. you know, and I look at where I am. I can remember driving in downtown Atlanta and just looking, just like I was impressed with myself then, like, look at me, you know, I learned how to drive on a barely paved road sometimes, Stephanie, right? And right. I'm driving across 10 lanes, lanes of traffic here. Okay. And, uh, and ladies so, and gentlemen, sometimes literally driving across 10 lanes. <laughs> Right. So I don't know that I've lost the innocence, but, you know, innocence loss is wisdom gain, you know, and so that every at every turn, I've learned something that has has made me better, made me stronger and brought me to this point. Hmm. I like where you start ended the Dolores around wisdom. I think. Um, when I think about what I've lost is, you know, uh, to the degree that our parents and the, the communities that love us have wrapped their arms around us and given us the best of their wisdom. When we mm -hmm. get out in the world by ourselves, sometimes we lose that because their wisdom isn't yet our wisdom, right? We haven't we don't own it. We don't know it like they knew mm -hmm. it when they gave it to mm -hmm. us. And so we bump up against things that sound different, are different. Um, but when we lose some of that wisdom and we try to be like the rest of the world, we try to be like other people, we try to put on the fashions or do whatever it is, um, the gift of growing up is that you get back your wisdom. Like you get a chance to live in that wisdom again. And so I, I really personally feel that's where I am right now. I was given quite a bit of wisdom 
at a really young age and operated in it because I didn't know anything until I started to bump up against other people. Um, and so um, I, I may have lost a bit of that, but um, I'm, I'm getting it back. I'm appreciate, I appreciate what I was given and mm. I'm living in what I was given. So wisdom mm -hmm. is, um, is, is certainly not a loss. It's a definite gain, but I need it in so many significant ways, you know, and wisdom mm -hmm. is knowledge unearned and uh, sometimes unearned, but yeah, wisdom is huge, huge. Mm. Well, I mean, there are a few things I think I would say I lost uh, along the journey. Um, certainly in the span of being just completely insecure in spite of what other people thought I had in, uh, or how I showed up in the world, um, I know for certain that there were opportunities at love that I lost because I just didn't see myself being the person that that person could really want. Um, and so I definitely know along the journey through the space of insecurity, and I should have styled my hair a little differently. Hold on. Um, I lost, <laughs> I lost, I lost that opportunity. And I mean, I look back now and Certainly some of the people that I thought could be prospects, I'm glad that I lost it because they're not, not because they're bad people, it's just that our lives would have been in just very different places. And I'm not certain the woman that I am now would have wanted to be that person's spouse, or I would have lost myself in a marriage trying to stay in it um, because of uh, what I thought marriage meant at that time. And so I would definitely say for that perspective, I lost, but what I gained in the process is knowing who I want to be in relationship with someone else and what things I know I am not able, not, it's not even a matter of willing, some things I'm not able to compromise on anymore. And so that is a wisdom as we talk about today that certainly I think um, helps me stay, stand grounded in who I am as a woman and, and it pushes out the doubts that I used to have. So that part I certainly am grateful for. Um, I would also say along the, the way I've lost, as you all have mentioned, probably some of that innocence and probably sooner than I wished I, than it had to be um, just because the world dealt something different. But what, it, what I've now discovered is that everything that I thought I lost, it was in a sea of other sisters who, was ex who were experiencing the same thing. And so those lost souls of innocence are all collectively together. And somehow, if we are quiet enough, we can reconnect to those places and with other women who shared those experiences with us and didn't even realize that we were not alone when we were actually going through those things. And a lot of times, I think when you are in a space of loss, it feels incredibly lonely because you're not sure who else Although your mind tells you, you know other people have gone through this, your heart in the moment can't imagine anybody else experiencing what you are. And so um, when you discover as an, a woman of our age now that you were never alone in the process, it doesn't make you feel better that that many people also had to go through things or go through loss, but it does give you solace that it is a reminder that you were never by yourself in the process and what you have is a new opportunity to connect to people in a way that you didn't know existed before. And it gives you an opportunity and a space 
to build a sisterhood or a family or a relationship with people um, that you maybe you wouldn't have before had you not had to consider the things that you were losing in the process. And so um, I, like you, Stephanie, see it as choosing to see it as a game versus um, something that you, you kind of dwell in negativity about. Uh, I would say, Dolores, the only thing I would caution us on is not saying what doesn't kill us make us stronger, because sometimes what doesn't kill you can maim you. And so, you know, you may not be, you know, death sometimes is welcomed over what is left of how much you are injured by that thing that hurts you. So I do want to make sure that in the space of what we talk about with other women that we don't um, have is, and I know that wasn't your intention, but that we don't keep thinking that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger because sometimes what doesn't kill us can actually destroy us in a way that you, you struggle to have to rebound from. And so looking for ways to avoid whether it's spiritual death, emotional death and all of those things, instead of looking for that to make you stronger, look for an exit so that you don't have to figure out how you put yourself back together by whatever that is that may be injuring you. So that would be the only thing I would say for us. And so it kind of takes me to our next question. When I think about us being tattered and torn, what are the things that we are still finding ourselves wanting to fight for, whether you know from a personal way, professionally, what are the things in spite of kind of our ability to recognize we have been tattered and torn along the way, what are we still fighting for? I'll yeah. start the time with Malika. Yeah, I was gonna say before you go there, I mean, I mean not not before you go there, oh, I may sure. very well mm -hmm. get myself there, but I, I was I was uh, in in the last conversation thinking about um, how we how we how anybody changes when when things get tough, you know, like how that shapes you and makes you who you are. And we have choices that are not often evident, but we have choices about who we become after an event that rocks our understanding of who we are. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, there are choices that, you know, some of those choices may not be uh, conscious. So you may be making these choices out of defense, like, I am going to defend myself. Mm -hmm. This man hurt me. I won't have this, this situation hurt me again. I won't have this man in my life this way again, or any man in my life this way again. This employer hurt me. I will not take that type of experience before. So we begin to, we can begin to make our lives smaller because the things that we are negating, the things that hurt us. Um, I think with time comes the ability to learn how to live more fully with the full knowledge of that, that the potential for pain and hurt exists out there, right? Um, and, and protect yourself certainly, but also not be fearful that it will come with the full knowledge that it will come. Mm -hmm. And with the full knowledge that almost unfortunately not in the immediate, we have the ability to overcome it, but we will overcome it. Um, and that is, that, is a, um, that is a lesson that comes with wisdom. That is a lesson that comes with age. That's a lesson that comes with, I've been through some things, I've seen some things and I've fallen really hard. Mm -hmm. And all those things are in the past and I can talk about them without, um, 
without feeling that they are happening to me all over again. I'm not reliving it in the moment. Now that I know it's in the past tense, I can see where my responsibility is and I can see where others have harmed me and I can move forward to the next big, great thing armed well with the experience of the past. I know that was a bit amorphous and I didn't have an example to share, but I do wanna just for myself, you know, selfishly for myself to say, sometimes that stuff changes you. Mm-hmm. And that change is not great. Um, and the, the other thing that I think I just want to speak to, and, and like the the women on the on on our on our call today, the the four, the four of you, um, I you know, Tara, you in particular keep checking in on me on this, and I wasn't able to. This week I spoke about uh, a miscarriage that I had that I I did not know I had healed. It was two years ago. I did not know I had healed until I was able to tell somebody else about it in a succession of awfulness that happened two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just one of those, it, it, not that, that losing a child was small, but I was able to look back on that and understand how it had shaped and changed me and how I appreciate the family that I have now. Um, and I'd healed from that, I'd healed from that. And I did that because I thought it was, I shamed myself because I thought how stupid of you to think that at your age, you could have another baby anyway. (laughs) And so like wanting to have another child, even as old as I was, was, you know, you know, like you should know better. That's probably not going to happen for you. But I didn't, I was not dealing in, uh, not dealing in logic. I was dealing in the hope that I might have another baby, you know, um, and then to find out how many of the women were carrying this moment um, where they lost children. I, I genuinely felt like I I was stupid for trying to even, like it was a surprise, we weren't planning it, mm-hmm. but I was stupid for even wanting it. But then to find out how many of the women who, the number of miscarriages they had and it, and it and then, you know, Chrissy Teigen puts on, I don't, I don't even watch Twitter, but it came to my little news feed thing on my, I, yeah, see, clearly I don't know anything about Twitter because I say watch Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. But it came <laughs> on one of my little other feeds mm-hmm. and I, my, I read as much as there was available to read because it broke my heart for her. And it is so hard to get a baby on the other side of this earth. it's so hard um and so I just you all kind of checked in with me like there were days when I would come to see to work and I was not okay I could not even hide it I had been crying for hours (laughs) and work was hard and there were decisions to make at work that were even harder than things that I was going through and I kept doing it and I kept doing it but I was a wreck and you all it's those things we don't talk about the things that mm-hmm. we we the world sees our victories and our triumphs mm-hmm. but they don't see our brokenness and our pain and our hurt or our failures and uh, you know we need to be as comfortable talking about when we're ready you know not you sometimes you can't talk about it when you're in it but you know, how do I use my story and my hurt and my challenges and, and my triumphs to be a, to bear witness for, to be a witness for someone else, to help someone else 
to know that they can get through it. They can survive it. You know, you will be forever changed, but you can get through it. It will alter the fabric of who you are, but you can get through it. And so that's one of the things that, you know, when we started with what, you know, tattered and torn and what, what has changed you, but those are the, or what have you lost? And so, you know, sometimes my loss is something that I can share that will help somebody else along the way. And I think about things like, um, like losing uh, a sibling, you know, so that, that death in my family has helped me to help so many other people through that same journey or so that same sense of loss, you know, because I, it, you develop this empathy, um, the real true empathy for someone in a way that, that I, I might love you and care for you, but if I've not been through that, then I can't help you as much. And so just making, I think it's also just as important, which is one of the things we do here is, is make plain our struggles, make plain our challenges so that somebody else, you know, I, I talk to Valerie about it often. Like the reason I, I tell you this stuff is so that you don't have to go through it. You know, but Valerie's like, but I gotta go through it. I gotta learn my own lessons. I gotta develop my own wisdom. You know, I'll take the wisdom that you're imparting, but some things that I gotta, I gotta fall flat on my face and then realize, oh, this is what she was telling me about. And I was like, I told you you were gonna fall. <laughs> <laughs> She was like, yeah, but I could have not felt baller, right? So it's 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 all of of that. I think it's okay for us to to you know to not be okay, Tara. I think that was what you were. It's 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 okay to not be okay. Um, yeah. and we we don't we bear this weight of of always wanting to just the, only show the world our best selves, you know, our our victories, our triumphs yeah. when we've done well and you know. You know, that's what's special about y'all. I don't have to show y'all my best selves. You know, if they knew what happened before the call, right? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yeah. I think to that point though, Dolores, and almost to this question too though, part of it is what we still are fighting for is to cultivate the space that allows for other black women to understand one, they are not by themselves, but two, to demonstrate how do you create a space like what we've created for ourselves that says all the armor can come off with this group and you still will be a whole human being. You just don't have to pretend that you are, at the irony is you are a whole human being in this group with all your armor off, but you don't have to pretend that you are whole as you do when you present yourself to the rest of the world. And I think yeah. even in Malika's journey, what we all recognize is we could say this, but we knew that it had to be in her time of her healing. And all that yeah. we could do is be patient and be ready whenever she was ready. And so right. it was one acknowledging what she had gone through, but at the same time, not demanding that we had the prescription for what her grief needed to look like, what her timeline needed to look like, what her out other side was gonna look like. She needed to be able to tell us that she was healed. She needed to be able to tell us. And so I am so proud of you, Malika, to know that you have honored what you needed to do for yourself for that loss. And that I think part of what you needed to create for yourself was the reasons why this would have happened. And that's the story of the thing that you told yourself that I was too old. I really weren't, I wasn't playing. Like that's the part that your body needs to do some time to keep you. It's like when you are severely injured or burned and the body numbs itself. 
because the pain, if you don't become so severe, you're not able to process that much pain. I think that's what you were going through at that time. And the rest of us could see that, but we could also see that that was the one thing that was keeping you together. And you needed to have that to stay together because what we did not want is the people who did not care that you were going through that pain that have the right to see you fall apart. So we would sit in the office or we would walk outside or we would do whatever we needed to do because they didn't have a right to see your pain because they didn't care enough about you. Like we love you to be able to say that they had a right to, to see your pain. And so part of what we also fight for is the ability to know, even when we are tattered and torn, if I see you fall, guess what? I'm about to put myself in harm's way to block anything else right. from keeping you or hurting you even more when you're already injured at that point. So and that is what I really love. It was genuine. Yeah, absolutely. Love. I, mean, I, I really, yeah. I had no ability to see what was in front of me. I really, I just kept doing the next thing. You know, I have this little statement I say for myself, do the next, do, do, make the next right choice. Somebody, I've heard that on the radio or something like that, make the next right choice. So I kept, just kept trying to make the next right choice, next right choice. I just, I, but I had no foresight. I could not forecast a thing. Um, and um, I, I literally and figuratively relied on your ability to see ahead of me because I couldn't, like personally and professionally, I did. And, um, and anytime we had conversations that kind of spoke to who, to me and what was hurting me, I, I could not cry. I cried every time you all asked me about me. Mm-hmm. Every time y'all asked yeah. me about me, I, I could not get it together. I could not get it together. And the ability to cry in front of you all meant that I could go and do other things. But every time we spoke about me, I fell apart. I could not hold myself together. And I am so thankful for that love because that's where I fell apart as opposed to talking to the neighbor at the mailbox, right? Mm-hmm. That's not where I fell apart. Right. Um, and there were other places where that, you know, there were, it was, it's genuine love. And when I think about how much you all love me and that, you know, that you see some tears, but that's what that was. I, I recognizing how much you all literally held me together and it's been two years and y'all been holding on for two years and and i don't even know what y'all are made of that y'all could do that but it's been two the years. same thing you are honey but it's just that one of us has the glue the other has the masking tape the other one has the you know the other one has the putty and yeah. whatever and so we have all had those moments it's not they have not always been as severe as yours but in my moments when I when I was crying, every last one of y'all came with the glue and the tape and the this and the that and the look. We got you, right? Tara, same thing. We got you. Dolores, we got you. Vanetta, we got you. So understanding that our tears are not weapons with this group or, or not bullets for other people to use as weapons against us allows us the freedom to cry. You can cry in front of me as long and as long as you have to, especially if it means that you won't have to do it in front of those who will use your your tears as bullets and other weapons to tear you down. Mm -hmm. Know and understand we are here for for however long it takes. 
Yeah, because Malika, I remember when you came to the house after Trent's passing. I was thinking about that. I was trying and not I was to say to I you, was no good. Trent, but what about you? Because <laughs> right. you went through something too, because they right. came right on the heels of each other. And yep. we certainly could not have imagined that both of our worlds would be rocked in the way that they were. No. Yet in the same space that I was grieving, I realized right. my friend is also grieving. So I don't need her to put hers on hold. I need her to understand that my tears are for me and they're also for you because I know you're still going through something too. And I don't know that people even understand when we say literally putting yourself in between the people who are forming those weapons, there was a little office space that Malika and I used to have to go into and she probably never even noticed that I purposely would sit between her and the person who kept trying to come for her. And it was always another seat in the office, I somehow always made sure, well, uh, let me pull in another chair, but I'm still gonna sit in this chair because it was literally about, I'm not, I don't even know how to add these numbers up, but what you will not do is ask about these numbers and I'm not present and she's in this space by herself. So it was one of those things that again, what we are again fighting for is our ability to be seen and heard. But at the same time, when we realize someone is trying to trample over one of us, by God, you're not gonna have that happen not while we are here together. It's one thing if I'm out of town and you tell me after the fact, like Dolores with her arm. It's one thing if you tell me after the fact. (laughs) It's a whole nother thing if I'm present and it is happening to you at that moment that you are gonna feel in any way that this is the thing that you gotta deal with by yourself, absolutely not. So we figure out how we even patch ourselves up so that you can even know it's okay for you to lean on me. Even if I might be going through something, I'm gonna patch myself up enough just for this group so that you know you're not by yourself. And so this entire group from people who were serving drinks at Trent's Memorial, um, (laughs) Dolores flew from California, had to get back on the flight leaving from the memorial service. Malika is helping her mom who had injured her foot at the time. And I'm like, Malika, take your mama home. Don't leave her in the car. She's trying to make sure I'm okay. I'm trying to make sure she's okay. But and then we stopped at some point and cried on each other. And then we're like, yes, absolutely. (laughs) What are we going to do? (laughs) So that's what I'm saying. You know, if you are ever blessed enough, and this is what I will say finally to this last part of the question, and I'll take us to our third part. If you are lucky enough and blessed enough, fight for this kind of relationship, sisters, because it is absolutely worth it. It is absolutely the thing that will sustain you when the weight of your own cape or when the weight of the world, whatever that is, gets a little too hard for you to bear by yourself. When you know you have genuine love and sometimes it's not even a word I say, I can look in a face and I'm like, okay, let's walk. Yep. Let's go. Let's go do something else because yeah. you don't have to say anything. I can see your spirit has been broken somewhere. We need to figure out what do you need me to do, and then we recognize. Okay, here's my power, but I need Stephanie's power on this person. <laughs> Call right. Stephanie, and people right. didn't know our brunches weren't really about us eating. Our brunches were about sustenance and like how do we keep each other held together. Right. There were times when we could hear in Dolores's voice on a phone, she's in California by herself. I'm like, okay, hey, I'm thinking about coming out there. Can I stay? Right. It's not a short flight. It's not something, but right. I can hear in her voice 
that she just needs to have friends around in a real way than just a phone call or even these kind of moments. And so we, this is really why we started this because we recognize how much we missed our physical time with each other as well, but that we knew we needed to create a space that allowed for us to, to still stay connected. And that includes Vanetta and this process, even though she's not on the line with us today, it was the same thing that all of us sometimes can just hear something and know, okay, let me figure out what my, let me put some coins together so I can get yeah. to where you are. Right. So I can make I sure that, that you the, okay. the real value of, of, of other women are listening, of course other women are listening, as other women are listening, is that when you're, when your cape is tattered, when you are unable, at times that you don't even know what you need. Mm -hmm. But what I would say for the four of you, Vanetta included, you all knew what I needed. And at times, literally spoon fed it to me. You knew I didn't, I wasn't ready and you knew what I needed. And, and Tara, when you had to get up and make an address at the memorial, Vanetta prayed. Mm -hmm. And from wherever we were in that room, we, all we were there. all right there at the base of the stage. Yeah. And we were all there. And I don't even, you know, we were, we were all there and we will always, always be there. And that assurance, it's not something that I even question, right? Um, but I think I stopped when I looked at us at the base of the stage for you to come down, like we were just waiting for you to come down when you were done. <laughs> I, in that moment, I realized how special it was. Mm. And I watched people watch us because they were trying to figure out who we were. Right. Like, yes. what, are they about to dance? What's our group's name? Are they, are they gonna sing? Yes, <laughs> like they were trying to figure out who we were. And we just all checked in with you. And then we went back to sweeping the floor, serving the guests, getting the food out on the table, taking up the trash, whatever it is that your family needed. That is, is, is replicable. And I wish every black woman had it. Yes. I absolutely. wish every black woman had it. Yes. It is, it is, we do it in all forms of grief, whether it is grief of losing a, a nephew, a child, whatever the grief is, whether it's about the, the work or whether I'm grieving just yeah, and doubting myself. So all mm -hmm. of the griefs of all of the kinds of relationships or, or, or all of the triumphs or all of the challenges, we're there for it all, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade these crazies for nothing in the world. <laughs> and, and I do want to acknowledge also the extended circle of sisters that yeah, we also yeah. have, that we continue to invite. I don't know if maybe they camera shot, but we continue right. to say we okay. want them to come with us because they're a phenomenal group of other women who make up this circle of us as well that were also there in those moments with us and have all- Call them out, Stephanie. Call them out, Tara. Call them so out. You know what I say, Nate. Oh, yeah. See, now don't say call them out. Then I forget somebody. So it's Sunette <laughs> Morgan. It's Jennifer Nash. It is- Danae Nash. Danae Nash. It yeah. is uh, Kimberly Kim Walker. It is Melanie. It is uh, Michelle. So it is uh, sweet. And so there, there, there are a few more, I think, um, that also then joined the circle. But right. it's those sisters that, again, throughout these last few years, life has just kind of, you know, 
kicked us all around <laughs> and we have all found a way to figure out okay so now it's now now this one needs this one and and again it's not that we any of us have had the luxury of not going through something at the same time you're trying to be there for someone else going through something yeah. so that's just the reality of how life is and so again like you Dolores I wouldn't trade this crazy group uh, that we have for the humor that comes with us, with the joy that comes with us, but the intelligence that comes with us. You know, when I, I laugh when I heard the man who was with Wells Fargo who said he didn't know of any people who were qualified. I'm like, well, you cannot know anybody black because I don't know anybody unqualified because the right. people that I know, these black women are just phenomenal black women and you can call them them for so many incredible things to be able to do. And so that's why I say, if you have not been blessed yet with a circle, please, first of all, ex consider us an extension of your circle of sisters. Yeah. But at the same time, if you can cultivate your own circle, then I certainly encourage each and every one of you all to find your circle of sisters that are able to help you because none of us could do this by ourselves for sure. Um, and it reminded me of like the episode of Sex in the City when they were talking about soulmates and whether or not soulmates had to be of an opposite gender, the person, the man that you fell in love with, and they decided that they were each other's soulmates. And this certainly feels like this is the first group of soulmates that we have. And so again, and again, even each one of us comes with another circle of sisters, whether it's our collegiate friends that we've right. been friends with for 20 years, or whether it was childhood friends that we wouldn't, we've known since we were little. Yeah. So again, the one, the names we called out today certainly do not be slighted if we didn't say your name. We were talking about the ones who came out of the points of light kind of village of sisters who decided to become sisters with one another. Um, but there are certainly other amazing women who make it, make up and shape our lives as well that we could not do this without you all. And so finally, I will take us to our last one because I, I do try to be the one who keeps us to time. But who or what, and it's perfect. It's perfect actually for what we where we were though. Um, but who or what inspires you to keep pressing forward even when the wind is at your face rather than under your cape? So we, even when the wind is at your face rather than lifting you up through your cape to help you soar, who or what inspires you? we'll assume we all inspire each other. So we'll say who else? <laughs> because it is the truth. We do absolutely inspire one another. I'll start this time with Stephanie. I'll start with you. Um, well, who inspires me outside of this group and my other friend groups um, would be my, my mother, my grandmothers who are no longer here and my, you know, that, that generation before me. Um, but also the, those who come after me, because I have to make those who came before me and poured so much into me proud of who I am and what I do uh, and how I show up in the world. But also I need to, I feel the need to be an example for those who are watching me, who come after me. Um, I helped a little girl in Walmart the other day to love her puff. Mm. I'm walking down the aisle and, you know, she and her mother are there and her mother points to me and points to my hand. She's like, look, she's got one too. And I'm looking and I'm like, I got one, what? <laughs> you know, not, and not in a bad way, but I'm just like, what, what, if, you know? And so she's behind her mama holding her leg and whatever. 
And her mother saw me see her and she said, look, her puff is beautiful. Look, just like yours. And she, you know, in the exchange, it came down to, you know, she had, she's in a school where not very many people look like her. And her mother puts her hair up in a puff because, you know, it, it for whatever reason. And she didn't, she doesn't like her puff. She doesn't want it. And um, I bent down and I talked to her and I said, I love your puff. It's beautiful. It's, you know, I wish that mine would do what I, you know, this, 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 and this. She's like, my mommy did it and whatever. And then she asked me, could she touch mine? Oh and, you know, I don't let people touch my hair, but I said, of course you can. Of course you can. Can I touch yours? Because I wanted her to see my appreciation of hers. Mm -hmm. And she was like, okay. And she touched mine and, and she was, and I touched hers. I said, your hair is so beautiful. You're such a pretty little girl. And her mom was like, you see, you see. And I don't know what their conversations were before that, but I said, oh, you need to wear your hair like this all the time. It's so pretty. Because of you, I'm going to wear my hair like this all the time too. Now, mind you, I do wear my hair like this all the time, <laughs> but she didn't know that. And she walked away smiling. So I'm hoping that she takes that with her back to school. And it's just like, I love my puff. My, mm -hmm. uh, this lady in the store told me my puff is beautiful. So those are the people that inspire me and, and, and being able to, to let little girls who look like me love their puffs and love their skin and love you know, their accent. It, it, even if it's an accent that doesn't sound like whatever, love yourself. Mm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Dolores, what about you? Who or what inspires you? You know, I, I think like Stephanie, it's the it's my ancestors, um, both living and passed away. So that legacy, the miracle that I I am here, you know, yeah. we really think about it. I should, I, none of us should should even be here. You know, the odds were against us being born, you know, yeah. from 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 generations of us being being here and so that that sense of obligation and appreciation um, for my ancestry and 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 the, the hope for the future right um, so the 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 I want to the the legacy I want to leave for my children but I find inspiration in God's perfection in nature I find inspiration in you know, in, in in all that, in words and in books, I'm reading uh, a book called Thick right now. Mm. It's, you know, thick. Um, <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> you know. So I'm getting there. It's a book of essays about how women, especially Black women, make ourselves small and don't take up the space that mm. is, that, that we, we, we deserve and we can take up and so um you know i want to want want us all every the, the little girls that look like me and don't look like me to feel like they can take up space that it's okay to be more than um to be all of what you are um, in all spaces so you know the future and the past that's what inspires me nice malika i i um this morning or maybe yesterday i'm not sure if I, I read it this morning i don't know when the newspaper article came out but the times uh did this story i put it on the the way to the cape facebook page and on my own personal facebook page and it was about a disproportionate 
um, punishment for black girls and, and why like the, the issue is much more urgent in school in terms of discipline and, uh, and then you know involvement in juvenile justice systems for black girls. And perhaps this issue had been not, we'd not been paying attention to it so I spent some time with that and, you know, it's hard not to uh, read that and not think about Breonna Taylor and her mom and, and then go all the way back to Emmett Till and his mom and then go all the way back beyond that to women's names who I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I think we started at, at one point, I remember saying some of this at the beginning of the podcast because I was kind of tracing the, the uh, the, the on camera and other deaths of black men. And, and when I was tracing that, one of the things I understood is that the avengers of their death, those people who would not let their memories be quiet were always their mothers. Mm-hmm. Their mothers were refused to let that death be quiet and, and brought people to account, even if it's only in the, um, in acknowledging their name and acknowledging their humanity. There would be no other justice but to acknowledge their humanity, right? So they did that. So I'm, I, I tend to live in this um, whiplash between the past and the future, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm always probably reading something from the history and looking at how I'm seeing it right now in our present and figuring out what does that mean for where we need to be, right? I'm, I'm living in these three spaces all at the same time and I've, I can't say that I'm doing that successfully, but I'm, I'm doing that. And so I'm inspired by women who uh, refuse to let the dignity of, let dignity be separate from us, right? Like, like the, the central, like the, the you know, the, the, the SCLC's mission was to save the soul of America. And, and that had to be a mission because America had actually dehumanized blackness. And to the degree that we allow that to continue, I look, I am consistently inspired by Black mothers who refuse to let that be. I am consistently inspired by them and um, look to find my space as a mother and as a Black woman to do more of that. Well, I want to make space before I answer to make sure Stephanie or anyone else, do we have anybody who's uh, had a question for us? Because I realize I asked for questions and then didn't necessarily make space. But if we do not, or as you're looking, I would just say, as as you have said, and I see from Stephanie's response, um, I, I too am inspired by the past and the and the future. I am certainly inspired by the women who are make up my family, from my cousins to my mother to my aunts who are both living and 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 deceased. Um, my father, who went back to school to get a PhD in his sixties, um, and who is now launching his own international radio station. He is also developing a hip hop uh, documentary with some colleagues of his. And so I am inspired by both him and my mother who constantly surprised me with just one, inspired me on what love can look like after this many years of loving each other, how it has changed over the years for each of them, but that it continues to be 
this the thing that sustains both of them um the love that they share for one another certainly inspires me i'm inspired by my 14 year old nephew jordan who thinks i'm the least coolest thing on the planet but there are moments when he trusts me with his vulnerabilities and so that inspires me that something that we have created together and the love that we have for each other allows for him to trust me with his pain and although i wish i could take it away i value the the times that we have together that he shares with me what makes him afraid or what makes him angry um especially since losing his brother because i know how important as he's just growing up to be what he believes is a young man um how much he was looking forward to the kind of conversations he could have with his brother and so I can't fill in all of those gaps, but I'm deeply appreciative and inspired by what I see him wanting for himself in spite of what the world has offered for him right now. Um, him still having faith um, in a God, in, a, in something higher than himself, even though he may not understand every choices that has been made that has impacted his life. And so I'm definitely and deeply inspired by him um, but again, as you said, Dolores, also inspired by what is possible, what is still available, and what do I have the capacity to fight and change for? And so there are things that I know now that I am fighting for in terms of equity that require that I cannot change who I am to be smaller. I have to be as big as I possibly can be to amplify the voices of the unheard. And so that is what also inspires me that God has chosen me to be a humble servant to do this work. And I do humbly appreciate every gift and talent that I have been blessed with that allows for me to be a voice for people who do not know or do not feel that they are always heard. And so I'm inspired by that. I'm inspired by this clock that tells me we are coming to a close for this for this episode of The Way to the Cape. But I'm also elated to know that those who have been watching have said, please don't let this be the last one. And so we are grateful for the love and support that we have received from people who do not know us, but for the times that they make to watch these videos and became, became our extended friends in the process. And so we deeply thank you all. We thank you for tuning in to another episode. We hope not to be another four weeks before we do another. And again, we wish well wishes to our friends who have suffered loss in these last few weeks and sending prayers to them. We send our love to Vanetta and look forward to her being again with us in our next conversation. We send love and warm wishes and prayers out to all of you all to stay sustained through all of the things that are happening in the world around us right now. And we encourage each one of you all to use your voice to vote when it is time to cast a vote. So Thank you all so much for being with us for this episode for Way to the Cape. We look forward to seeing you all again. Love you, sisters, and we will talk again soon. <laughs>